Hey, that's who God is. He's a way maker, a miracle worker. Are you ready for God to make a way for you? He's already doing it. Maybe you can't see it. It's behind the scenes or it's underground, but you're getting ready to see it. So don't give up. He's making a way for us. He makes a way for you where there seems to be no way. And maybe you're at a point in your life where you're at a place where there seems to be no way through this. There seems to be no way around it or over it. But God's making a way already. And he's getting ready to open it up. Now, our part is we have to be ready for it, to step out in faith, to receive it. I love the part of that song that says, are you ready for a breakthrough? Are you ready for a breakthrough? Are you ready for a breakthrough, Woodland Church? Are you ready for a breakthrough in your life, in your family, maybe in your marriage, in your business? Are you ready for a breakthrough? You know, I always say I'm ready for a breakthrough. It's like, God, I want you to take this out of my life. God, I want you to break me through this problem. God, I want you to get me unstuck. I need a breakthrough. But then sometimes I I am not really ready. I'm not really desperate enough for a breakthrough. Because God gives you that breakthrough when you realize you're broken. God gives you the breakthrough when you realize you're broken and there's no other way. You need a breakthrough. Some of us want a breakthrough but I don't realize how much I need a breakthrough. And some of you today, you know you need a breakthrough. So you're right at that place because you know you're broken, but God's gonna bring healing, and you've tried everything else, and the breakthrough hasn't happened, and so you're ready for a breakthrough. You're desperate for a breakthrough, and that's where God does his greatest miracles. When you're at the place of brokenness, he's gonna bring breakthrough. Are you ready for that? But let's go to him and ask him. Dear God, we thank you that you hear our prayers. We thank you that you care about us. And even before we ask, you already know and you're already working. So we do ask you for breakthroughs today. Lord, we need a breakthrough. I know everyone within the sound of my voice really does need a breakthrough. It's just that many times we don't realize it. So today I pray that you would help us realize how much we need you. We need you for our next breath. We need you desperately. And I pray for those, Lord, who realize it. They came today because they need a breakthrough, that you would give that to them today for your glory. And I pray for all of those. And Lord, I include myself so many times, I don't realize how much I need the breakthrough. I'm not desperate enough to pray for it, to step out in faith for it. But Lord, help every one of us Step out in faith today to receive your breakthrough. Whatever that is we need to do, help us to step out in faith and receive it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. Have you ever taken a boxing class or joined a boxing gym? And you know, It's great exercise. In fact, they say it burns more calories than most of the fitness exercises that you can do or the classes that you can take. But most importantly, it gets out a lot of stress and frustration when you're punching that bag. Now, in my office, I have a little back room where I keep all the files and everything, and and my plan was to have a little desk back there where everything could be so messy so that when people came into that front office, they would think I'm really neat and clean and organized. uh, but, But what I ended up doing is just making a mess in my front office, and in the back, I have a boxing bag. Here it is. 
Yeah, it's right there. And I go in there when I'm really stressed. Let me be really honest with you. Sometimes I get stressed. Sometimes I get anxious. Sometimes I get frustrated. Now, I know that's hard for you to believe that your pastor gets frustrated at times. And I go in there and I just punch that bag and it reduces my stress. I get my frustration out. And if I'm really frustrated at someone, I'll imagine their face on that bag and I'll just punch, 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 punch. Feels so good, you know? And I have to do that so I won't do something crazy out in public because pastors can't do what they want to do out in public, okay? Someone will video you and post it. So you can't do that. So what you do is you go back and you just punch it out, you know? Put someone's face on there. It's awesome. That's the sermon. God bless you. Go get your stress out. Get a boxing bag and God will bless it. You know, in life, no one can avoid the ring of conflict. Conflict is inevitable in every close relationship, whether it's a business partnership, a friendship, or it's with a coworker, or it's a dating relationship, or it's a marriage or a family. Conflict is inevitable, and it's also necessary. It's a good thing, because conflict is the path to connection. But if you don't learn to fight for connection, the ring of conflict will lead to confusion and chaos and disconnection. But conflict is a good thing, it doesn't feel like it. Usually when we enter the ring of conflict, we think the goal is the same as in boxing. The goal is a knockout. I'm trying to win, you try to win the argument. You level the other person with anger. In marriage, and really in all close relationships, if one wins and one loses, you both lose because you lose the opportunity for a deeper connection. You waste the conflict. And even worse, it's destructive. Now most people fight in a way that destroys connection. There is a productive conflict and there is a destructive conflict. And you can win the argument and lose the relationship. Happens all the time. You don't fight to win. You fight for connection, for a deeper and closer relationship. But we can't do that on our own. You have to have a great personal trainer, an expert fight coach in your corner who trains you to turn conflict into connection. We've been in this series where we're learning how to let God be our personal trainer in life. And if you're a Christ follower, you have the greatest fight trainer of all time. And he wants to coach us through conflict and bring us to connection. And he knows what he's talking about because that's what he did for us. I want you to look at our key passage In 1 John 4, would you stand in honor of God's word and just look at it with me because we see how God fought for us. We were at war with him and he fought for us so that we could have peace with him. In 1 John 4, 9, it says, this is how God showed us his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love we're talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. You can be seated. You know, I love that phrase, not that we once upon a time loved God. He's saying, this is not a fairy tale. It's not fake love. It's real and it really cost him. Our sins created this disconnection, this distance between us and holy God, but he loved us so much that he fought for us. He fought for forever connection with us. 
and he sacrificed his life to undo the damage that our disconnection and sins had caused. Now the passage goes on to say, since God loved us this way, since he fought for connection with us, we're to follow his example to fight for connection with the people in our lives. We're to fight in the same way. And Christ is our personal trainer to teach us how to use conflict to take us to connection. One of the most destructive problems in relationships today is most people don't know how to resolve conflict. And so many Christians think conflict is a bad thing. They don't wanna get into conflict with anyone. They wanna avoid conflict at all costs because if you're having conflict, that's a bad thing. God doesn't want that. But that's not true. You have to go through conflict. If you avoid conflict at all costs, that's destructive. And really, you can't avoid it. Every close relationship will find itself in the ring of conflict. And there are three rounds that you go through. The first round is what I call the perfect plan round. You go into a relationship with this perfect plan in mind for what everything's gonna be like. You have these unrealistic expectations. You think this relationship is just gonna solve all my problems. You think you have the perfect plan with the perfect person. This business partner thinks like me. We share the same philosophy. We're perfectly aligned. This is perfect. Now I have the perfect friend who really gets me. The perfect friend. Now I'm dating the perfect person. He or she completes me. We agree on just about everything. We're perfect for each other. In the Old Testament book, The Song of Solomon, we see that when Solomon first fell in love, he was in this perfect plan round. Look what he says about his girl in Song of Solomon, chapter 214. Come, my shy and modest dove, leave your seclusion. Come out into the open. Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is soothing and your face is ravishing. So he already has a pet name for her, Dove. Oh, you're my dove, my little dove. He's head over heels in love with her. And by the way, I have a pet name for Chris, I call her Lucky because she's so lucky to be married to me. Now, I I do call her Lucky, but I'm trying to convince her of that. You know, it's speaking in faith. You know, it's really the other way around, but you know, I'm trying to fool her with that and it's not working. But um, he is just head over heels in love with her and then she says this about him in Song of Solomon 2.8. Look, listen, there's my lover. Do you see him coming, vaulting the mountains, leaping the hills? Husbands, can you see your wife saying that? He's vaulting the mountains and leaping the hills. Here he comes. You can't even imagine it. He says he can jump over mountains. He can do anything. He's Superman. He's perfect. In the first round, we tend to put the other person on a pedestal that no one can live up to. We focus on our similarities. We ignore our differences. We see them as perfect. And it just glosses over all their faults. We miss it completely. But there's no relationship that can stay in round one because there is no perfect plan but God's plan. And there is no perfect person. You have to move into round two. You go from the perfect plan round, but soon you hit the reality round. Round two is that reality round. It's the wake-up round. Solomon wrote Song of Solomon, but he also wrote Proverbs in the Bible. And in Song of Solomon, he said, 
my little dove is so perfect. Your face is so beautiful. Your voice is so soothing to me. And then in Proverbs 27, 15, he says this, a nagging spouse is like the drip, drip, drip of a leaky faucet. You can't turn it off and you can't get away from it. What happened? The same couple. Her voice was so soothing. Now it's just drip, drip, drip. Can't turn that off. And I bet she thinks, he can't jump over a mountain. He can't even make it up the stairs without being out of breath now. I didn't marry a superman. I married an emotionally immature little boy. It's the reality round. It hits because you can't hide your faults forever and you see the person that you put on a pedestal as flawed as you are. And by the way, whenever someone puts you on a pedestal, whenever someone, wow, you know, they're so amazing and perfect and eventually they're gonna find out that you're not and then they're gonna tear you down. If someone puts you up too high, they're gonna tear you down too low eventually because you're gonna disappoint. And all you can see in the rally around is your differences. All you can see is their imperfections and faults. And then you start sharing your true feelings. They come out, you can't hide them, and it causes conflict. Every close relationship will hit the reality round. And you have to go through round two to get to round three. That's why round two is not a bad round. You've gotta get to reality before you can have real closeness. It's gotta start with real before it can move to closeness because you can't have superficial closeness. But then you move to round three. And that's the whole goal, the maturity round. You stop hiding your faults and your brokenness. You stop hiding your feelings. You go into the round of conflict, but you work through it in such a way that it leads to a deeper connection where you know the truth about each other, but you love each other just the way you are. You're broken together. You don't run from the ring of conflict because you don't wanna settle for superficial. You know you have to enter the ring of conflict in order to go to a deeper connection. Every close relationship hits round two. Most never make it to round three. It really all comes down to what you're fighting for and how you fight. I want you to look at this verse in James 4. Do you know where your fights and arguments come from? They come from the selfish desires that war within you. You want things, but you do not have them. So you're ready to kill and are jealous of other people. But you still cannot get what you want, so you argue and fight. You do not get what you want because you do not ask God. Or when you ask, you do not receive because the reason you ask is wrong. You want things so you can use them for your own pleasure. See, most of the time we just fight for ourselves. Most conflict comes because they're two really selfish people fighting for their own way. And that describes each and every one of us in our flesh. But God, our personal trainer, wants us to stop fighting for our way and fight for the relationship. The fight for connection. Our deepest need in life is for connection. And our deepest fear is rejection. God made you for connection. Connection with him and with others. You have this deep, divine need that God placed in every one of our lives for connection. Now, a lot of people don't realize it because they're running through life so fast and they don't know why they feel empty. It's because you're missing out on a deeper connection with God and deep connections with others. God made you for connection. 
in our closest relationships, when we sense we're losing connection, it creates this deep fear response. And part of it's good because you begin to realize how urgent it is for you to do something to get deeper connection, to not lose that connection. The problem is we usually fight in a way that destroys connection even more. And there are two common ways we usually fight when we fear losing connection. The first way is leaving the ring. The other way is leveling the other person with a barrage of emotions. And usually with married couples, one is a lever, one is a leveler. One leaves the ring, the other one chases. With conflict, one usually wants to leave the ring, they wanna ignore the conflict, pretend it doesn't exist, they don't wanna risk it, maybe they don't like where the relationship is at the moment, but they think conflict will cause more rejection and disconnection. Now the other usually expresses their emotion, and many times they just pour it all out, all their frustration and anger. And that's not best, but it's a lot better than leaving the ring, because when you leave the ring, there's no chance of connection. You gotta go into the ring of conflict, to have a chance of connection. But I want you to see that both those things are just unhealthy responses to the fear of losing connection. We have this fear of losing connection with those we really care about. If you really care about someone and you start feeling that loss of connection and that distance happening, then a fear rises up in you. The one who leaves the ring to avoid conflict is afraid of rejection. And when the other person attacks in anger, the lever wants to leave because they feel like they're gonna say something that just creates more connection. And the attack activates their fear of losing connection. But when you leave the ring, your spouse will fear losing connection even more and come on stronger with more emotion because they think you don't care. And we need to recognize we both want the same thing. We both want connection and we fear losing connection. It's just that we act in ways that create more disconnection. If you usually leave the ring, you need to realize the reason your spouse is upset and letting their emotion out is because they fear losing your connection. It's not that they hate you. They may say they hate you in the moment, but it's not that they hate you. They're, just, they're not trying to push you away. They're just afraid of losing your connection and they're trying to get you to engage with them. And when they stop letting out their emotions, I mean, when they don't really care and they're not letting out their emotions, that just means you're in trouble. You know, that's when you need to worry. And if you're the one that lets out all your emotion and anger on your spouse, just realize the reason they're leaving the ring is because they fear losing your connection and they think they need to move away because they don't feel like they're good at expressing their feelings and they feel like you're saying, I'm rejecting you. And they don't want more rejection. And so we've got to stop and realize what's going on. Because we have these negative habit patterns of how we handle conflict. We want a closer connection, but we think the other one doesn't because of what they're doing. They're attacking or they're leaving. We both want a deeper connection and we fear losing connection, and that's why we act in ways that create more disconnection. So when you get into that negative spiral, that negative pattern that you've always been in, you gotta stop right in the middle. You gotta recognize, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Pastor Kerry told me. Pastor Kerry told us uh, that what we're doing right now is not productive, it's destructive, and, and you really do want a closer connection. 
I really do want a closer connection. We both want the same thing, but we're both afraid of losing connection. You gotta stop, and it's so hard in that moment because emotions are high. It's so hard in that moment because you've done it for so long. It's been a a habit, a pattern for how you handle conflict. But what do you have to do? You have to learn and practice and practice with your master teacher, with your fight coach who's in your corner to help you stop and recognize it and stay in the ring and stop attacking and then you share your fear. You have to get vulnerable to get to the place where you go, you know what? I may be saying the wrong things, attacking you, but it's just because I care and it seems like you don't and I I fear losing your connection. We've been drifting apart. I hate it. You know, I've been leaving the ring and I know it. You think I don't care, but I do. I just feel like I can't really say anything that's gonna change it. And I, I feel like that what you're doing is, is telling me you reject me. And, but I know that's not true. I know it's because you care. So I'm so glad that you're mad about this because that means you care about our relationship. You see, your spouse is not the enemy. We do have an enemy. And that's Satan, but your spouse is not the enemy. We have an enemy, Satan, who wants to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus said. Jesus said, I've come to give life and life to its fullness. He wants to give life to your closest relationships. But he said, there's an enemy that has a plan for you, and his plan is to destroy your relationships, to kill your passion and and really steal away your joy. That's his plan, and he's always working toward it, but we start thinking that, that person we're in conflict with, that's our enemy. No, there's a real enemy. Now, I want you to look at this next passage in Matthew 5, verse 23. So if you're standing before the altar in the temple offering a sacrifice to God and suddenly remember that a friend has something against you, leave your sacrifice there beside the altar and go and apologize and be reconciled to him and then come and offer your sacrifice to God. It's saying, if you're at church worshiping, and you have destructive anger in your heart for another person, you gotta do everything that you can to get it right, right away. Why? Because it's impossible to worship with bitterness in your heart. That's one of the reasons Satan loves to get us into conflict on the way to church. You ever had a huge argument with your spouse or in your family as you're driving to church? No, you wouldn't because you sing the great hymns of the faith, don't you, on your way to church? You each go around and say, let's say one thing we're thankful for, children, on your way to church. We're going to church to worship God, so let's just pray and get our hearts right. That's not what happened in the Shook family as our kids were growing up. There used to be times that Chris and I would be on our way to church, we'd get into a big argument, and after a few minutes of arguing, we would think back and we wouldn't even remember what started the argument. And we would go, you know what? It's just the real enemy, Satan, who's trying to distract us from God's blessing. And so, Chris and I solved that. Those arguments on the way to church, we realized that we didn't have to do that, so we solved it a long time ago. We drive separate cars. And it's just, (laughs) it's been a miracle. I mean, we never get into an argument on the way to church. God solved that for us. Try it. If you're gonna fight for connection, you gotta learn some new ways of fighting. I've gotta let God, my personal trainer, teach me some new ways, and it takes time, doesn't it? Chris and I are always learning. We have so much to learn in this. 
we fall back at times in old habit patterns and, and have to have our personal fight coach help us because you gotta go through round two over and over again to keep growing deeper. And it's a good thing, round two, it doesn't feel like a good thing, it's messy. But you go through round two because you're fighting to get to round three. Not to win, not to have a knockout in round two, but to get to round three. That mature love, that unconditional love where you accept and love and you let the personal fight coach teach you how to love. In James 1.26, it says, if you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. You see, the Bible says there's so much power in your words, in your tongue. Words can bring life or words can bring death. Words can build a relationship or words can tear down a relationship. And like a boxer who steps into the ring and puts his mouth guard in before he fights, we need to put a mouth guard in before we go into the ring of conflict and kind of have some ground rules so you're not punching below the belt. You have some ground rules going in, some things you never do. First, don't attack. Learn to attack the issue without attacking each other. Learn to attack the issue without attacking each other. When you attack each other, you don't get anywhere to the deeper root cause of the conflict. But when you attack the issue, and a great way to do that is, instead of saying, you did that, and you did that to me, and you do this, say something like, when you did that, it made me feel devalued. When you did that, it made me feel like you don't care. When you did that, it just really frustrated me. When you did that, it really hurt me deeply. And you're talking about your feelings rather than what's so wrong with the other person. And that brings you right down to that root cause. I mean, it's still messy. Don't get me wrong. There's still anger. But you get to that root cause. So don't attack the other person, attack the issue. And then don't use backhanded attacks. You know, a lot of people don't stab you in the front, but they stab you in the back, and that's a whole lot worse. I'd rather be stabbed in the front than stabbed in the back. Just honest, open criticism. And some people, you know, they just act so spiritual. I'm so spiritual, I don't argue. I'm above the fray. And you're getting upset. You're just not as spiritual as me, because I'm calm. Don't throw the Bible verses at them in that moment in the argument. Don't dare do that. That's against God's will for your life. You, you use the Bible to learn how, to, how you need to change, not how they need to change. And so some people, they think they're above the fray. They're so spiritual, but they're angry on the inside. Some people never attack outright. They use little backhanded, passive-aggressive comments. You know, they hold it in, hold it in, and it's gonna come out in some way sideways. And you can't deal with the real issues. I know for me, you know, I like to avoid conflict. And it's like, I don't want conflict. And, and so, and I think, you know what? I'm, I'm better than this at times. And, and then it comes out with a little passive-aggressive comment that I can't hold in. And so God's been working with me on that. But it's really important because when you get passive aggressive, it can't come out in the open and you can't deal with it. And then don't sulk or pout when you're in conflict. You know, some people, especially married couples, sometimes one of them just pouts or just like acts miserable. 
just, you know, doesn't talk until they get their way. But ladies, if you're the one that sulks or pouts and you, you know, all of a sudden you're not talking to your husband, it'll take him three days before he realizes that you're mad at him. So it's not very effective. He's like, man, this is kind of nice. And so he doesn't, he doesn't know it. But then about the third day, you know, it's like, oh man, I'm in trouble. So, and then don't threaten. This is real important. Don't ever use abusive language. Don't ever threaten divorce. Some people, right when they get in an argument, okay, well, I'm out of here then. Now, don't get me wrong. Conflict is messy. When you enter the ring of conflict, there'll be anger, frustration. You won't do it right. You won't always do it right. You're gonna mess up. But you keep fighting for connection. Even when things get tough, and they will, you keep fighting even when things get tough. Not fighting the other person, but fighting for a deeper connection. There are times in a marriage relationship where you have to surrender it all to the Lord. You have to choose as an act of your will to fight for connection in spite of your feelings because you won't feel like fighting. You have to choose to fight no matter what your feelings are. You can't let your feelings dictate it because feelings, they come and go. Sometimes we feel totally in love. Sometimes the feelings just aren't there. But love's not a feeling. It's a choice that produces powerful feelings, but it's not a feeling. It's a commitment. It's a choice. And sometimes you just surrender to God. and You say, God, I give it to you. I choose as an act of my will to engage, to keep fighting for connection whether I feel like it or not. I feel like throwing in the towel, but it's not about my feelings. That's real maturity. That's what mature love is all about. I feel like just leaving the ring right now. Can't deal with this, but I'm gonna stay in the ring. Now, a lot of times in marriage counseling, one or both will feel like I'm ready to do this work if I know for sure it's all going to work out. What if I put in all this work, all this effort, and then it falls apart anyway? So I don't wanna do it if that's gonna happen. But that's the risk you have to take because that's what love is. It's always risking. It's always risking rejection. You have to surrender the result to God and choose to keep fighting because he calls you to do that. It's between you and God that you wanna follow God with all your heart. That's when he fills you with his power. There's a big difference between giving up and surrendering. When you surrender, God fills you with his power to keep fighting. When you give up, you lose all your power. And whenever you surrender to God, the result and say, God, that's in your hands. I'm gonna obey you. I'm just gonna do what you call me to do. Then he fills you with his power, gives you fulfillment. When you get to that place of surrender, God fills you up with his power because it's not about the result, it's about the redeemer. It's not about the result, it's about the redeemer. You know that he'll redeem every single thing. He'll redeem your losses. He'll redeem the pain. He'll redeem everything for his purpose and you trust him and he fills you with his strength. A lot of people though, give up in round two. Every close relationship will go through round two. Most will never make it to round three because they don't realize that you've gotta go through round two to get to round three. A lot of people stop fighting just before the blessing. They give up just before the blessing is there. They fight and fight, then they give up, and they miss the blessing. Do you remember Jacob in the Old Testament? He fought with God his whole life. He was at war with God because he wanted his way rather than God's way. He was always wrestling for control, to try to control his life instead of giving it to God's control. Until God finally, one night, literally came to him and fought him. They wrestled. 
And God wanted to show him that what Jacob had been doing his whole life was fighting God. God let the fight go on for a little while, and then finally God just touched Jacob's hip. His hip went out of socket, and Jacob tapped out. It was match over. God was showing him, you can't fight against me. That's a losing battle, because I'm God and you're not. You can wrestle with me to wrestle for control, but you're gonna lose out. And finally, Jacob surrenders to God's will, to God's purpose. And the amazing thing is, he stops fighting to get away from God. He surrenders to God, but then he starts fighting to get close to God. God says, I've gotta leave. The sun is coming up. And Jacob says, no, I won't let you go until you bless me. And he holds on to God. Isn't that amazing? He says, I'm not gonna let you go, God, until you bless me. So he stops fighting God. He stops wrestling God for control of his life. And he surrenders to God. But then he's fighting for God's blessing, to get closer to God, to have a deeper connection with God. He says, I'm not gonna let you go until you bless me. And a lot of people give up just before the blessing. They stop fighting for connection. Don't let go before the blessing. God, I'm not gonna let you leave before the blessing. You're gonna leave out of the building today. You're gonna leave out of church today. But you hold on to God and you tell God today, I am not gonna let you go until you bless me. I'm gonna keep coming to you. I'm gonna keep praying to you. I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna keep standing. I'm not going down for the count. I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm gonna keep standing, God, and I'm gonna hold on to you for your blessing. I'm gonna fight for a deeper connection with you. I'm gonna fight for that miracle in prayer. I'm not giving up before the blessing. I'm not gonna let you go before you bless me. Don't let go before God blesses you. He wants you to. And maybe the reason he hadn't given you the miracle yet is because he wants a deeper connection with you. He wants you to learn that you're desperate without him and to hold on. Jacob knew he was desperate without God and he was gonna hold on until God blessed him and God did. Just surrender to God, surrender the result to God, stop fighting God and fight to hold on to God. You see, there is a saying that when you come to Christ, you make peace with God. You know, have you ever made peace with God? Have you made your peace with God before you die? That's because before we become a Christ follower, we're at war with God for control of our lives. And when you come to Christ, you give up and you stop fighting and you give over to God control. There's a big difference between giving up and giving over. When you give up, you lose the blessing that's just around the bend. And no pain can stop God's purpose in your life. But when you give over, you get the blessing. And God gives you blessing in the middle of the pain. And so don't give up, give over to God and hold on to him and wait for that blessing. Don't give up, don't throw in the towel. Don't give up, don't surrender. Hold on for the blessing, it's just around the corner. The French artist, Renoir and Matisse were good friends. They spent a lot of time together. And as they grew older, Renoir developed arthritis. And he had so much pain and agony when he moved that at times he was almost paralyzed. He struggled so much, but he kept on painting. He would continue to take his brush in his gnarled hand and then apply it to the canvas. 
And Matisse was just amazed at how his friend kept painting when he was in such agony. And one day Matisse asked Renoir, why do you keep painting? It causes so much pain. I see that it hurts you so much. And Renoir replied, because the beauty remains and the pain passes. The beauty remains and the pain passes. And that's the way it is with life. We all go through pain. We all go through that round two. And it hurts and it's painful. And it's scary. But the pain will pass and the beauty will remain. It's a beautiful struggle. It's a beautiful holding on to God. It's a beautiful letting go and giving over to God. You see, the pain will pass. We have pain. We're not to deny that but this pain will pass. We're promised a future in heaven where everything's gonna be perfect one day, where God's gonna take away all our pain. And there's no tears here on this earth that heaven can't wipe away. There's no pain on this earth that heaven can't heal. We're promised God's presence on this earth when we do experience pain. And not only that, we have a family of believers who wanna come alongside us and bear our burdens with us. And so I just encourage you today, don't give up. Don't give up before the blessing. God, I'm not gonna let you go until you bless me. You keep standing. And the Bible tells us that we're not to go out and fight the devil, to fight the enemy. You don't have to go out and box the devil and fight the devil. You're gonna get knocked out. He says, stand, stand. Stand in my power and my authority, putting on the full armor of God. All you gotta do is stand. And and he says, after you stand, what do you do? You keep standing. And after you stand, keep standing. And I'm gonna hold you up with my power because I've already won the victory. And so I wanna say to you, Willow Church, you keep standing. You keep standing on the promises of God. You keep holding on to God. You keep fighting for connection in your closest relationships and don't you dare give up just before the blessing. Let's stand together right now as we stand on God's promises and let's just come to him. Dear Lord, we just come to you today and we realize that every one of us in some relationship, Lord, we're in round two and maybe we're losing connection and No matter what we try, it just seems like we get more distant or there's more pain. Lord, I pray today that you would do amazing breakthroughs in marriages between parents and children, coworkers, friends, business partners. Lord, I pray that you would bring breakthrough in relationships today. And Lord, I pray you would encourage us to keep on standing to keep on fighting for connection, to stop fighting for our way and fight for the relationship. And Lord, we hold on to you today until you bless us. Lord, we don't care how long it takes. We're gonna hold on to you. And we're gonna keep standing because you're gonna bless us. The blessing is just around the bend. So help us not give up, but help us give over to you. And I pray for those, Lord, who've been wrestling with you all their life. They haven't made peace with you, God through your son, Jesus Christ, that right now they would just pray this prayer in the silence of their heart. They would say, Jesus Christ, I give up. I'm tired of fighting you. And I give over to you, Prince of Peace, my life. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sins and give me a fresh start. Come into my life through your Holy Spirit. I wanna follow you from now on. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I accept your free gift 
of heaven one day and salvation. Thank you for saving me. Now help me grow in my faith in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, Christ came into your life. We wanna know about it. Tell one of our greeters, if you're at one of our campuses, Atasca Cedar, here at the Woodlands, or if you're online, just click, I just received Christ. I raised my hand, I received Christ. We wanna help you grow in your faith. And I wanna tell you something that's so worth fighting for when you're talking about relationships. This generation coming up is the least religious generation in the history of America. They're more atheist in this generation coming up than at any other time, any other generation. More of this generation, more people in this generation coming up, the young people, 15 to 25, say that faith in God is irrelevant more than ever before, but not at Woodland Church. We have thousands of teenagers that are standing strong for Christ. They keep standing against peer pressure. You see, there's a confused generation growing up, but not at Woodland Church. They're the called generation. And this next weekend, we're gonna have 1,200 teenagers studying God's word and spending the whole weekend. We call it Reality Weekend. And what we do is we rent out the Cynthia Woods Mitchell Pavilion for all of their services. And then we have all the hotels on the waterway filled with students. We have all of these counselors and we, have all, we, we fly uh, young teachers and, and pastors in from all over the country to teach them in small groups. Hey, they have a lot of fun. It's crazy fun, but what they really do is they get discipled in God's word. They wanna grow. They're hungry for God's word. They're desperate for God's word. There's a famine in their generation for the bread of life and the word of God, but they're getting into God's word. That's what they're doing, and we have so many students who come from families where their family doesn't get it. They come to church by themselves and they say to their mom or dad, hey, uh, I wanna go to Rally Weekend. They go, what is that and why do you need that? What, you gotta pay for it? No, sorry. And they need a scholarship. And we have under-resourced students. They need scholarships. And so the church puts in so many resources in our budget for our student ministry to do things like this and to try to take the cost down as much as we can we put so much into our student ministry because they need it and they deserve it. We better stand for them at this time. But there's a lot of kids that just can't go. And, and what we do is we make them work, you know, earn a little part of it, everybody, to earn a little part of it. And then we take care of the rest. But we need you desperately. And we have some kiosks out there where you can get a scholarship for a kid and they may come to know Christ. They're gonna grow in Christ. It could change their whole life, might change their family. I can't think of anything better to do, to invest your time, your talent, and we need more counselors and people to help out, so we'd love for you to do that as well, but it's gonna be amazing Super Bowl weekend as it's Super Reality Weekend, and we can't wait for it, but maybe you wanna get 10 scholarships, maybe you wanna get a fourth of a scholarship, but everybody participate in it, and let's do something for this generation, because if we don't stand for them, they're gonna fall, and we're gonna stand for them because they're bringing revival to our church, and to this nation. They're gonna change the world. They believe that with all their hearts, and Christ can do that through them. Hey, by the way, we have our winter baptism today. And so if you haven't been baptized after you receive Christ, take that step of faith. Don't let fear keep you from it, and just meet us right down here, right after the service, and we have clothes every size, T-shirts and shorts every size, and we're gonna take care of you. And it's a heated baptistry pool right out here. 
95 degrees, heated 95 degrees, okay? It, it, it feels, it's not the pond, by the way. It's not the pond. Some people think the baptized in that pond. No, no. It's the baptistry pool right next to it. And some of you are ready. You brought your clothes, you're ready to go. But everyone just come down here. And I'm telling you, you'll never regret it. It's a step of obedience to follow God, to show that you love Jesus with all your heart. And so I really just challenge you. If you haven't been baptized by immersion after you received Christ, come on down today. Don't let any fear stop you. And we'll greet you here. We'll take you to the dressing rooms. And then you come out and we just celebrate, have cake and, and celebrate what God has done in your life. Don't miss it. Woodlands Church, are you gonna hold on for God's blessing today? Let's hold on. There's gonna be storms. There's gonna be some high winds that hit your life. There's going to be some big waves that cause fear in your life. But God's not gonna let your boat sink with him in it. There was a time when the disciples were going to Jesus across the lake, the Sea of Galilee, the big storm came up and they were so scared they thought they were about to die and Jesus was asleep in the boat. And they came to him and said, don't you care? That's the big question. Don't you care, God, I'm going through this storm? Don't you care that I'm about to go under? And Jesus got up and he calmed the storm because that boat wasn't gonna sink with the Son of God in it. There's no way. And if Christ is in your boat, you're not going under. He's going to get you through the storm. Do you believe that, Woodlands Church? Let's sing one of my favorite Woodlands worship songs, The Wind and the Waves. Let's sing because they can't stop you because if he's in your boat, you're not going under. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.